Hello and welcome. This is the Voice of Jesus Ministries. My name is Rick and I am so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us. It is wonderful that you've paused here for a moment. Currently we're doing an ongoing study in the book of life revealed as recorded by John. This book uh, is now called the book of Revelation, and it's at another point in time, it was called the Revelation to John. And when we last got together, we were at the end of chapter 7. We had just finished up chapter 7, and we're moving into chapter 8 today. Now, in chapter 7, it talked about the designation of 12,000 from each tribe for the purpose of our Heavenly Father, okay? And that, that totaled 12,000 from 12 tribes, 144,000, okay? And it, it, it's really amazing because it says that this 144,000 are designated by Father for His purpose, okay? For His purpose. And we really don't know exactly what that purpose is. What we do know is that we're going to we're going to find out. You know, we're going to really find out what exactly that purpose is. Is it to those that are of old or is it to those that have been the descendants including us? We really don't know the answer to that question. But that will be re revealed to us once we uh, meet with our Father and meet with Jesus. So, we ended chapter 7. Uh, the last couple of verses in chapter 7 uh, are just amazing. I want to go over them before we go on to chapter 8. I always back up a couple verses. So, chapter 7, beginning in verse 15, it says this. Alright? This is after... Um, one of the, the elders, the 24 elders, came to John and asked him, he asked John, who are these that are clothed in white? And John said, he answered him and he said, you know. He said, sir, you know who they are. Because I don't think John really knew. And so this man turned to him and he said to them, he said, these are those who have come out of great oppression and made themselves and their robes white by the washing of the Lamb's life blood. Okay? So here's, here's something that is very powerful. By the way, that is verse 14, 714. That they came out of great oppression. We are living in great oppression right now. Each and every one of us, none of us can say that we are living, you know, a completely blissful life. It's not happening if you're living on planet Earth in an earthen vessel, okay? I mean, that's just the way it is, okay? There's no argument there from anybody. It says that they have made themselves and their robes white. They have made themselves and their robes white, which means, like we said in the last gathering, that you can do this. You can do this. And, and Jesus gave you all the tools. Those tools are called his life blood. Those are his teachings. That's everything that he brought to us while he was here. If you take his life blood, his life blood, 
his teachings, his precepts, the things he gave us, and apply them to your life, it will make you white as snow. And it will make your garments white as snow, just as it did for these that went ahead of us. Let's go on, verse 15. He says, because of this, they are dwelling in the holy place of God. Okay, see the result of it? Because of this, because of you choosing to take the lifeblood of Jesus and apply it to your life, okay? And let's not get weird about this blood thing. Lifeblood is the teachings of Jesus that he brought to us. Let's keep this very real and very simple, okay? It says, because of this, they are dwelling in the holy place of God before him that sits on the throne, and they serve him and those before the throne day and night. So you, you might ask yourself, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? Well, you're going to start out just like these by serving Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and those that are before the throne day and night, because you know you won't need to rest, okay? And for however long it needs to happen, but what a great thing to do. Oh my goodness, can you imagine serving Father? Holy mackerel, I would love to do that. Serving Jesus, wow, you could slip a question in every once in a while. You know what I mean? We're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the four and twenty elders, the four living beings, all the messengers of our Heavenly Father. Wow, I want to do that. I really do. That's going to be exciting stuff right there. And it says right here, before him that sits on the throne, and they serve him and those before the throne day and night. Verse 16, they will never hunger again. No reason to eat. We do that because of this thing. This thing will eat whatever you put in its face. They will never hunger again, nor will they thirst again, nor even the sun nor the burning heat will fall upon any of them. Thank you, Lord, for that. Verse 17, the last verse in 7, it says, For the Lamb will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and he will be their shepherd. This is something to lock into. He will be their shepherd and will lead them through the living, the springs of living water to the throne of God. The shepherd, Jesus, will lead you through the springs of living water to the throne of God. And something has to happen as you're passing through the springs of living water. Think about this. Jesus, is, he's got you by your hand. He's leading you through the springs of living water. And when you come out of those springs, you are standing before our Heavenly Father. Now, Something has to happen as you pass through those living springs of water. I don't know what it is, but I know it's going to be glorious. And I know that it's going to make a connection between you and Father that is unlike anything you've ever experienced. I just know this is the way it's going to be. Because that spring of living water that is before his throne, we talked about it earlier as it described our Heavenly Father's throne as being a sea, a crystal sea clear full of all knowing and understanding and it was just it was just just full of everything and so something's got to happen as you're passing through that 
and I can't imagine what it is, you know? And remember the song, I can only imagine? I can't imagine what it's like to pass through that sea of living waters, but it's gonna be incredible. I'm looking forward to it. Now, we're, we're ready for chapter eight. In chapter eight, we, we start with the last seal, the seventh seal. And we know that the first four already have been opened. Okay? We know that sixth is, is the beloved who have to stay here in their white robes until the rest of us are ready. But we know that number six hasn't happened because that's full of, of a lot of, of destruction to the planet. I mean, it just tears things apart terribly. Then the seventh seal is open, and this begins chapter 8. And here we go in chapter 8. And when he had opened the seventh seal, it became silent in heaven for nearly a half an hour. Okay, it became silent in heaven for nearly a half an hour. I want to rabbit trail for a second. We all know about a verse that Peter wrote in 2 Peter. In chapter 3, in verse 8, it says this, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that I, one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, I don't know where Peter got that. And I'm not sure uh, why he wrote that. But he writes to us that one day with the Lord is, is as a thousand years. Now, here's a little tidbit. I'm on a rabbit trail, just a wee bit here, okay? One day equals a thousand years, okay? So if you divide that one day into 24 hours as we know it, then one hour would equal 41.67 years. One hour. Okay, that's if a day to the Lord is 1,000, okay? Years. One day with our Father is 1,000 years. So then one hour would be 41.67 years, which means that one minute would be 253.5 days, okay? And one second would be 4.23 days, okay? It's not like our time. That's the point that... If Peter was given a revelation that a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day, then when this seal was broken and it says that there was silence in heaven for one half of an hour, okay, then that means that there was silence in heaven for approximately 20.5 years using Peter's description of a year with the Lord, that there was silence for approximately 20 and a half years, a half an hour. That would be an hour equaling 41.67. Okay, okay, these numbers mean nothing. It's just a tidbit, just throwing out a little tidbit to think about. It says that there was silence in heaven for nearly a half an hour. So it was a longer space of time than you're aware of. It isn't just 30 minutes as we know here on planet Earth. We really don't know exactly what that time frame is. It could be 200 years for all we know. Because there is no time in heaven. Heaven is eternal. 
And that's the key about this whole thing. It's eternal there, so you can't put time on it. And then, and where this half hour came from, well, you know, we don't really know, and we don't really know what exactly does it mean. With that being said, let's go on to verse 2. Then I saw seven messengers that stood before God, and they were given seven trumpets. Now, your version might say seven angels, because uh, angels is a transposed word from the Greek to the English language, but what it actually means is messengers, those that serve Father at his throne. There's a, another key about serving Father at his throne, that there were seven messengers or angels that stood before God, and they were given seven trumpets. Then another messenger came and stood before the place of sacrifice holding a golden censer, okay, and many golden incense to present all the prayers of the devoted before his throne at the place of sacrifice. So we have the seven messengers that came to the throne. Those seven messengers were given uh, seven trumpets. And um, I, I, you can't see it in this recording of the video if you're watching a YouTube. And I, but I have this crazy trumpet up here. I should have got it down and just showed you it. Because it might have been just like what was given to these messengers. It was a gift from a friend. And then a, then an eighth messenger came, and that eighth messenger had a censer. That's like a bowl that you would burn incense in, okay? And, and it was a golden bowl full of golden incense to present. Now, this is what's important about this, this bowl, this censer, okay? It says that it presents the prayers of the devoted, the holy, all right, those called before his throne at the place of sacrifice. Verse 4, Then the incense smoke of the devoted's prayers ascended from the hand of the messenger into the presence of God. Do you hear that? Do you? I mean, are you locking into this? This messenger has the censer full of golden incense, which represents the prayers of the devoted, those who are the holy children of God. All right, that's you. That's you, okay? Your prayers are in this censer. And it says, it says, this. then, then the incense smoke of, of the devoted's prayers. Watch, this is verse four ascends from the hand of the messenger into the presence of Father. Wow, that is amazing. Verse 5, Then the messenger took the censer and filled it with the fire of the place of sacrifice. Wow, now think about this. This place of sacrifice. Oh my goodness, he took the fire from this place of sacrifice and filled the censer with it. Now, I'm assuming, just like anyone else, that the incense had burned up. Then he took the fire from this place of sacrifice and he 
filled the censer full of it. Okay? And he threw it to the ground. All right? Catch this picture. He takes the censer now full of the fire from the sacrifice and he throws it to the ground. And it, beca and it began to shake and then lightning and the sound of thunder. As soon as the censer hit the ground, everything began to shake. And there was lightning and the sound of thunder as soon as it hit the ground. Verse 6. Then the seventh messenger that held the seventh trumpet, okay, the seventh messenger that held the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to blow the trumpets. Okay, let me read that to you again, because I might have said seventh instead of seven. It says, then the seven messengers that held the seven trumpets began to prepare themselves to blow the trumpet. So we're moving into something incredible. You know what happened when the sixth seal was open. I mean, it devastated the planet. It's just unbelievable what happened. Now this is happening in heaven. All right. And when he, after he presented the, the prayers of the devoted to father, then he took, he took fire from the place of sacrifice, put it in the censer, threw it to the ground. It said, and everything began to shake and there was lightning and thunder. And then these seven messengers rose up with their trumpets and prepared themselves to blow. And this is where we're going to go right now. We're going to see what happens when the first messenger blows his trumpet. Verse 7. And the first messenger blew the trumpet and a hail mixed with blood and fire was created and sent forth to earth. So the first trumpet was blown. And it says a hail, an icy ball of water. Don't know the size. It just says a hail mixed with blood. I'm assuming that's the blood from the place of sacrifice and fire. We, we know that, that the, the, the eighth messenger took fire from the place of sacrifice and put it into the censer. So blood and fire was mixed with this hail and it was sent forth to earth. Now listen to what happens as this hail mixed with blood and fire comes to the earth. It says, and a third of the earth was burned up. One third of the earth was burned up. Rabbit trail for just a second. We know that one third of the earth is land and two thirds of the earth is water. So what portion was burned up? Was it all the land? Was it a third of the waters? Was it a part of the water and part of the land? We don't know. It says, and a third, and a third of the trees burned up, and all green grass burned up. 
So there's your answer. It hit a third of the earth where the trees and green grass grow. And that is everything. And it was burned up. The first trumpet. And this was done by a hail that was mixed with blood and fire. And it came down. And as it says here, as it says here clearly, and a third of the earth was burned up. Now there's really no place to hide, is there? My goodness. My goodness. This is what's coming. This is what's coming to the planet. Now we go to verse 8. And it says, Then the second messenger blew the trumpet. And a great mountain burning like fire was sent forth to the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures living in the sea died. Even a third of the ships were destroyed. Now, it is hard for me to believe that after the sixth seal was opened, that there are even any ships in the sea. But there are, because that would, would be the safest place to be to escape what happened when the sixth seal uh, was opened. But there was a lot of destruction going on in the sea too because it says every island was moved out of its place. Every mountain was moved out of its place. So it's really hard to believe that people survived this, but it's true. They did survive it because here in the trumpets you see that they did. And by the way, this mountain, it says, and a great mountain burning like fire was sent forth, this is sent forth from, from heaven, from the throne of Father, right? The second trumpet is sounding. And this great mountain burning like fire is sent forth to the sea. So now we know that the first, that the hail that was full of blood and fire did come to the land, a third of the land, which covers, that's, that's the, all the land on the planet Earth. And then the second horn is blown, the second trumpet, and it says that this great mountain that was full of fire sent forth to, to the sea, okay? And it lands in the sea, and it, it destroys one-third of the sea. One-third of the sea is destroyed. One-third of the living creatures in the sea. This is an enormous amount of living creatures. And it says it... it it turned the sea to blood. That's how bad it, 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 the impact was. And then it says not only was the sea destroyed and it turned to blood and a third of the living creatures in the sea died. It says even a third of the ships were destroyed. Because I believe that after the sixth seal, people, they fled to the sea because they thought there was no place to hide, as it said. And people were covering themselves with rocks and hiding under the mounds for fear of fathers. So they fled to the sea because they thought it might have been safer. But it says a third of the ships were destroyed. That was the second trumpet. And then we're moving into the third trumpet. Verse 10. It says, 
Then the third messenger blew the trumpet, and a large star fell from heaven, burning as a torch. You think about that, it might have looked like a meteor coming towards heaven, a large star. Okay, first it was a mountain. No, we had hail with blood and fire. We don't know how big that hail was. Then we had, as it says right here, a great mountain falling from the sky full of fire. Now it says when the third trumpet was blown, a large star, okay, whew, this is big. And it's falling from heaven, burning as a torch, looking like, you know, Halley's Comet, I imagine, you know, just you can see it falling uh, from heaven. And then it says, listen to this, as a torch, and it fell into pieces. It broke up into pieces, okay? Upon a third of the rivers and springs and of water, okay? It broke up into pieces and it fell upon the rivers, on the land now, and on the springs of water. Listen to this. This is amazing. And a third of the water became completely bitter as wormwood. A third of all the water on land, the rivers and the springs and, and that are on land, it's, it, these, this giant star broke up and fell on them, and it caused a third of them to become bitter like wormwood, meaning that it was not drinkable, okay? And many people died from the water. That's how undrinkable it was. So the star, its name was Wormwood. The star got a name called Wormwood. Okay, so that's the first three trumpets right there that have been blown. And it also includes the, the eighth messenger that had the censer that we're talked about here. Now, when we get back together again in the next time, we'll conclude with the trumpets. We'll go on and we'll look at the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. We covered three along with the eighth messenger today. And I hope you got something out of this. Please go back over this. This is intense stuff. You know, I mean, but it's for you, the child of God. This is just golden for you. This is for the child of God who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not, you're not going to understand anything about this. And it's not going to even reach you. And the key to this, the key to this series is to get you to understand that you don't need me standing here telling you this. I'm just a, just a representative for Father that's trying to get a message out to those who haven't clicked yet. And that message is this. With the Holy Spirit, you will know these things. He will guide you, direct you, and teach you all things and cause you to remember. This is the, what's important about what we're doing here is, is trying to get you to a place of having the indwelling Holy Spirit in your life. So I hope you got something out of this today. Share it with your friends and your family. Listen, you don't want to miss the next coming up because the next trumpets are just amazing of what happens. You, you really want to continue in this series. And I, and I want you to ask your friends and family to join in with you at some point and get them to, to share this. Also, 
Before we go here today, it is important that you find time to pray. Where you meet our Father in a place that is absolutely divine, okay, is when you are in, in a prayer with Him, with the Holy Spirit and Jesus, when you are together with them, okay, and you're talking to them as their child, and that's just how he wants you to come. He just wants you to come as a child. You don't have to come as any great orator or great prayer warrior or anything. Just come as a child. You need to do this. Why? Because this is where your life will change. This is where everything happens between you and Father. I'm telling you, prayer is, is powerful. It's dynamic. It's a, it's it's a connection. You're plugging in. You're being charged. You're being filled. You're being reju rejuvenated by the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. So take time to pray. Pray for those that are sick in your family. Pray for those that are around you. But also talk to Father. Talk to Jesus. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Listen, they're all there for you. They love you. So until next time, Jesus loves you. We love you here at the Voice of Jesus Ministries, and thank you for taking time. We'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.